All right, I'm here today with Marcus Allen. Um, Marcus is the founder of the Exclave Private Towns Project. He's also the host of the Marcus Allen Show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks for having me. I really am honored that I'm on your show, actually. Very yeah, honored. Well, it's it's exciting to have you here because you've got this, this project. Um, we hear a lot about like smart cities. We hear a little bit about some quasi-independent cities that have agreements with like local county or the, or the state government. But you're talking about something a little bit different. So, and sorry, that's my cat. Um, could you just describe a little bit what, what are Exclave private towns? Sure. And by the way, a little funny note, I've, I've binged listened to all of your podcasts. Wow. I don't think anyone's done that. Well, I'm sure they have. They just haven't told you. They haven't had the the stage to tell you about that. And in every single one, your cat makes an appearance. Is that that planned? Is that like your little? It's not planned. I'm not surprised because she insists on being in the same room that I'm in. So (laughs) if I leave here and go in the bedroom, she'll come in the bedroom. Um, She's, she's, I have not kept track, but that doesn't surprise me at all because she's, she is usually here, I guess now she's always here. So now well, I'm going to have to keep that up. That's gonna... And I don't know if that's an honor or a curse because normally it's about halfway through. You're like, Oh, don't mind that. That was my cat. And now it's a minute in and boom, the cat. <laughs> so maybe she'll leave us alone for the rest of the. Uh, I'll the take it as an honor. Now, I already, honor. I already forget honor. your question. What was your darn question? Oh, so, so just what, what are, what is exclave? What are, what are right. these private towns and, and kind of what, what makes them different from some of the other different kinds of sort of city ventures we're hearing about private towns, um, smart cities, especially how, how is what you're up to different? Well, the big difference is I'm going to actually make it happen. Uh, most, I have the list of all of them cause I've looked into them and most of them, they, they talk great vision and they're going to make it happen and then they never do it. And I think the big mistake that they make is first of all, you know, building towns from scratch is hard. It, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. I've been working on this for over two decades. Uh, I've gotten my hands involved. I know how to put up a water tower to culverts to everything, the infrastructure that is needed to build a small town. But the the bigger problem than that with all these other solutions is that they try to pigeonhole themselves with government. They literally try to make it so that it works with within their system. That to me is crazy. This system is broken for us. It's great for them. The, the bank, let's get right to it. The bankers run the entire system. That is the enemy to me. So why are we trying to pigeonhole ourselves and try to work out something with them if they're the enemy? They're not going to allow us to do it. So what Exclave does, Exclave, are, the, the word Exclave is a play on the word Enclave. An Enclave is a town within a town. It's kind of like the Vatican or Washington, Mm DC. And originally I called it the 1% club because I knew not even 1% of the people would want to do this. They would think that, oh, everything is fine. What are you trying to do? Uh, It's actually been a blessing what's been going on in the last year and a half because there are way more people than 1% that have been quote unquote woken up. And that's because I think they're losing. I think the, the bankers are going for broke. It's a Hail Mary. And this was supposed to happen in 2025. If you read all the futures that I read, and that's how I knew this was going to happen over 20 years ago, they told us all you had to do is read their stuff. People from Faith yeah. Popcorn to Agenda 21, 
uh, and Brave New World in 1984, they, they told us what they were going to do. People didn't believe they had the audacity to do it. And I knew they did. So um, there's way more, way more people awoke right now because they, they're going too fast. Normally they do a Fabian style rollout of what they're doing to us. Right. 9-11 was, per- they did 9-11 perfect. And then they're doing this right now. It makes no sense. It's going way too fast and way too many people are waking yeah. up. Yeah. So I, it was originally that's my, called. I, that's my hope that you're right. I mean, I, I do, <clears throat> I am still astounded at how fast, and I've seen some of those projections, some of the, the plans before and tw- how it was 2025 and even 2030 yeah. for a lot of this stuff. And now it's like, wait, it's happening right now. Yeah. yeah, I I and I hope you're right that it's causing the disruption that you're talking about. Yeah, there's no doubt because again, if you if you read all the futurists, they were all talking about it being a five-year plan from 2025 to 2030. And it happened on March 13th, 2020. Yeah. So that's the good news. Um, as far as what what the towns are, it's it's basically small private manufacturing towns. Uh I never mentioned the word freedom. Uh, a lot of people think that in you know, a lot of people think that, you know, freedom is what we want. That's not true. I'm a marketing guy and I know what people really want is safety, security, certainty, trust. They like to help other people out and they especially like to over- avoid overwhelm. And, you know, those are most of the things that we're going to have at Exclave Private Towns. And and by the way, freedom is very, very important to me. It's number one on my list. But for most people, it's not number one because if freedom if people really wanted freedom, they wouldn't be wearing a mask and they wouldn't be taking this vaccine. They truly don't want freedom. So they just you, want safety and security. When you say that, are you are you talking about even within like libertarian communities? I again, it, if they're wearing a mask, if they're wearing a mask, they truly don't value freedom as number one. They're falling. See. The number one market, a lot of people say I'm the best marketer on the planet, which is, I'm very, thank you very much. And I can go into the backstory of that, but that's not true. Dr. Fauci's organization is the best marketing on the planet. They've nailed the safety and the security and the trust. That's why they say, you know, just two weeks to flatten a curve, you know. Uh, if you want to go back to the way it was, you know, that's, that's safety. That's well, a and they created the fear to begin with. So that's right. once you get people in that state, and I know so we've talked about this, I know you've, you've sort of studied the psychology behind why marketing works. And right. once people are in this state of fear, you know, you can, I don't, I don't know if you even have to be a great marketer. You can just sort of, they're like putty. Well, actually, if uh, I've actually come up with a, a list of 29 uh, human motivators and and fear is in the middle. A lot of people think it should be on the top. No, again, safety and security is at the top. So if you if you were to reverse uh, analyze what they've done to us over the last year and a half, they've nailed those top seven. Again, it's safety, cer- certainty, security, trust, helping others. For example, helping others. It's like, oh, you wear a mask to help other people not get it, right, they've right. nailed this down it's crazy right, right. it's really good and I'm, I'm sure that's how government has sold the welfare state too you, oh 100%. convincing people that you're helping others when you know if you look a little deeper that's not really the not, case that's interesting not the case at all no yeah so so i really haven't told i haven't told yeah. anyone so if you go to escape the new normal.com you can take a virtual tour and you can see it's again, it's pri- small private manufacturing towns because that's the big thing that is really going to get us in trouble in the next year or so okay. is 
you know, we're not going to be able to buy stuff. There are supply shortages we're seeing already. They keep telling us that China's in lockdown still. You have all, whether it's true or not, you have all those um, those shipping containers out right. at sea. Right. They're clearly creating this to, to, to make it so that we say, please, government, save us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to re- live the rest of your life like that, where you always have to rely on the nanny state, then, it, you know, that's not for me. I'm not going to live in that world. I'm going to live in a world where we actually build stuff again, like we used to. Yeah. I forget, it, we, I, we should probably tell people this is the second time we're, we're recording. Yeah. This. So, um, yeah. So I screwed up and we had, we, we recorded this, was it two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Yeah. And um, there was an interruption and I thought I hit record when we came back and I didn't. So we're talking again, and I'm. Um, we decided to just start over again, so we didn't have to remember what we covered and what we hadn't. And now, and now the problem with that is I don't remember if I've told you certain things. So yeah, for example, go ahead and repeat because they yeah, haven't heard this. So did, did we talk about Ross Perot? I think you mentioned him, but we didn't. We didn't go into a lot of detail. So yeah, go ahead. So I'm I'm assuming you're. Pre- I'm 54 years old. You're probably without giving your age. You're probably close to that age. Yeah. Yep. He he was the only person that I wanted to vote for in my life. I've never voted for a politician. And he dropped out because he's uh, well. His his message. Do you remember Ross Perot running for president? I do. I do. I think I was out of the country at that time, but I do remember it. And he said there was this huge sucking sound, and all the jobs would be sucked to to Mexico. Right. Right. Which wasn't entirely true. That most of the jobs went to China. Most of the manufacturing went to China. I should say. What was the year? What year was that? Nineteen ninety-two. Okay. Yeah. I was. I, I was actually. I was in Hong Kong then. So hmm. yeah. So I mean that's what we I mean he 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 although he's in the club he he got most of his money from the government but he told us what was going to happen and it happened and it's it, we're not going back I mean we're we're not even in a service economy anymore that's a really big problem Yeah what 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 kind of economy are we in right now uh, we're in a tyranny economy I mean it, it it's it's actually a digital economy is what we're going to that's what this is all about mm-hmm. I'm a bit in fact I'm going to be taking notes and I already have in my notes, Allison McDowell. Mm-hmm. I highly, highly, highly recommend everyone get to know the work of Allison McDowell. She lays out uh, what's going to happen in the very near future. Basically, it's all about changing us into cyborgs, getting us into a digital economy where uh, our everything, our entire money supply, our health records, uh, what we think about things, the things that we buy, everything is on the blockchain. And I'm one of those people, people are really surprised to find out my views about blockchain. People are like, wait, you're the only person I know who doesn't like crypto. And I'm like, you it's don't not like that- it at all. Do you, what's, what, no. is, what is actually, what is your, I think, on? I think everything in life has a value. I think the dollar has a value. I think crypto has a value. I think bartering has a value. Gold and silver has a value, but there's a lot of bad things about each of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the big problem with crypto is it's it's a big lie. Actually, just about every benefit they've told us about crypto is not true. They tell us it's private. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, there's a ledger that anyone can go to. You can go to blockchain.com, type in yeah. someone's wallet, and you can reverse engineer that person's wallet to know who the person is, know every single transaction they've done, right down to the dollar amount. It's crazy that they think that it's private. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's an easy way to do transactions. Really? 
Yeah, I think I, I I don't know if anybody believes that anymore. At least, I mean, for, at least for not that it can't become that, but it certainly is not that now. Not when it takes <laughs> a day and a half to do a transaction. Not when it you know at at the high it was eighty dollars to do a Bitcoin transaction with a fee. Yeah. How about on ramping and off ramping? You know, crypto. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my wall. I have a receipt from it's called Coin Me. So I had to go to my store. And I had to put money in and then coin me had to have me go to get a wallet. So I had to get a Bitcoin wallet. And then I transferred that to the wallet. And, and when I did the transfer, I had basically 60 cents left because of all the fees. And then if I go to cash out the 60 cents, I don't have enough in my wallet because the fees are $50. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. So let's, let's actually talk about that a little bit because yeah. you, part of your, part of the Exclave plan is to have its own money. Could right. The, could you just talk about what how sure. that works? That's the first thing that you need to do. If you're building an empire, you're building a small town, you need to have a money supply because people like to get paid. So that's the first thing we're doing. And the good news is, by the way, a lot of people have contacted me and want to like sort of hire me as a consultant to do these private towns for niches. For example, I had... Um, mm like, uh, what's his name? Glenn Beck, you know, a Towns for Glenn Beck fans. <laughs> right. But that's a fantastic and idea. It's a great idea. And, you know, if, uh, I'm not a religious person, but, you know, for, for those who are Christians, I have a lot of Christians who want me to be involved. Yeah. In yeah. So I what mean, they that's, can do. That's kind of how this country was began. That's right. So, that's right. yeah. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a full stack front end developer. I've been doing, I've been developing software all my adult life. And so I'm the front end development guy for Exclave Box. Exclave Box is, like mm -hmm. I said, I'm taking the best of all the systems and wrapping them into what I call digital barter. It's the easiest way I, I, I can explain it. So, so when I hear that word, when I hear the word barter, I, yeah. I bad, 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 I, I, and for good reasons too. Hundred percent. But what you explained to me. So let's let's talk about what that means. What right. So if if like I got my fudge brownies M and M's here, you can't see that. I can hear and them. I can hear. Okay, them. and they're really good and they're tasty, but very bad for you. Um, if you have, you know, the the standard barter arrangement is, you know, you have your your grove of tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I like my M and M's. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't like tomatoes. But if all I have is M and M's, you know, I'm not gonna be able to trade value with you. But if I were to convert these M&Ms into a, a, a standard of units, and that's what an exclave bucks is, um, then I can convert that. And then because of the amazing thing called the internet, which is both, it's kind of like a gun. A gun can be used for good. And hello, cat. And, <laughs> and a gun can be used for bad. Yeah, it's Same a tool. Thing, it's a tool. And just like with the internet, it could be used for good and bad. I think it could be used for good. So I can now take, let's say I convert this sack of M&Ms and let's say it's one, it represents one bucks. And let's say that you have, um, you want, you want to get a hold of that. You you can do that with an app. It's not even an app. Um, I, I'm not a believer in, in developing apps because Apple and Google can censor you and, and make it so you're not on there. Mm -hmm. So this is actually all done over the internet. And that's another thing that we're looking into the future is having our own intranet because right now they're censoring all sorts of my buddy at fakeologist.com was was hacked today. Uh, I was hacked last week. It's it's really going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. So basically if you're able to use Exclave Box and convert your assets into the representation of it through through digital barter, then you can take your one bucks and you can buy anything you want as long as someone else accepts it. 
That is going to be the biggest challenge is to get the acceptance. Yeah. Um, Just to back up a little bit when you, so you say converting your assets. So let's say I've got, you know, a, a crate of tomatoes or let's say, you know, something more durable. Let's say I've got a car and I want to put the value of that on the bucks platform. I want to, I want to, I want to transfer that into bucks. Right. What are the steps I take? How do I do that? So you list it, you list it in the marketplace and then this is all free. Mm-hmm. You listen into the marketplace and then, some, and then you, you, you say what you're willing to price it at and what asset type you're willing to accept. For example, you might say, um, I'll take a thousand bucks for my car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Done deal. If you don't want to do that, then you have to do then you have to do what crypto does. You have to go off an exchange. But the easiest example, just to keep it simple, is if you have, let's say that you have um, you have the car, and me at Exclave want to buy your car so we can use it at Exclave. Mm-hmm. I'll say to you, you've listed it, and I'll say I'll give you a thousand bucks for your car. You hand me the keys. Next thing you know, your account has a thousand bucks in it. Mm-hmm. Then you take that thousand bucks and you go to the farmer's market. And whoever accepts bucks there, you can now buy food with. And this can happen anywhere in the world. So the transaction has to take place. It's not just a matter. I, I can't just take all my the stuff out of my attic and post it on bucks and, and say, you know, this is worth $100,000. And then that becomes bucks. There, a transaction has to take place before that's right. it's converted. Okay. Okay. That, that's with any money supply. I, I can't think of anyone where you, you, you yeah, don't. Yeah. No, do- I mean, that, that would, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, so yeah. So then the issue becomes who is going to, who is going to accept this? How can I, especially at the beginning when there probably aren't very many people using it, how, how do you get that going? Right. Well, um, remember I'm a marketing guy mm-hmm. and um, I'm big into viral marketing and one of the best ways, and I'm, sh- uh, th- I'm shocked that more crypto people don't do this, although Bitcoin and, and the rest of them do is they give away money for free. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So what we do is a little bit different. It's a little bit more legit, I think, is instead of doing a CAPTCHA, everyone hates CAPTCHA, you know, find the three yes. fire hydrants. Yeah. When you sign on to, first of all, signing on, onboarding is a joke. It's it's literally seconds. You put in your username, you put in your password, and then instead of CAPTCHA, there's a 60-second matching game. Hmm. So it's a little bit of skill. If you're good at matching, for every match that you do, you win bucks. Mm. And the person who referred you, although you don't want this to be an MLM, if you have more than one level of referral, then it's an MLM, then you get in trouble right. with the authorities. Right. So let's say, Brittany, you you have a QR code on your website and you're like, everyone should get this Exclave box. Someone scans it with their phone and all they need is the camera on their phone. Doesn't matter if it's iPhone or Android. They It goes and it automatically starts the process of onboarding them. They put in a username. They put in a password. It knows that you were the, the referral. So they fill out that they do this matching game for 60 seconds. Let's say they match three. So let's say they get three bucks in their account. Well, you also get three bucks. So okay. whatever they win, you win. Okay. Well, that's exciting. People like games. People like to win money, free money, yeah. especially. Yeah. And you get, you get three bucks. So now... No, someone doesn't need to do like with Bitcoin. I couldn't, I couldn't do that with Bitcoin. I had to get a wallet with Bitcoin and I had to go take my cash and convert it. And by the time the fees came in, I was like down to nothing. Yeah. That was, I was, that was a very unpleasant experience. 
So if you turn that around and make it a very pleasant experience, an exciting experience, and you borrow from what works in marketing, I think you're going to get mass um, adoption. The other thing which is going to happen, which is the magic date of October 15th, write that down, okay. is when the when the passport, uh, the vaccine passport goes worldwide. I don't know if you're paying attention to that date. I've, I've heard people talking about the end of October as, mm-hmm. as some special date, October 15th. Okay. All right. So I think in marketing, it's always comes down to when someone's back, when the pain is so great that their back is against the wall, then they start to take action. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about Exclave, again, the 1% Club for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Not a single person has expressed interest in it. They thought I was crazy mm-hmm. because their back wasn't against the wall. Right. So that's a very big motivator in marketing is when your back is against the wall, you start to take action. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, or un- whether it's fair or not, when the vaccine passport makes it so you don't have a job anymore, yeah. you can't buy food anymore, you can't live life anymore, then that's when you're going to start to see acceptance. And it's unfortunate because I need help to build this. I need financial help. to. I'm, I'm the front end guy. I need a little bit of help to buy to get the back end guys to finish it up. That takes a little bit of money. And this could have been done a long time ago. I mean, I launched this last right. year in April and no one was interested. I had 12 people were interested with very, very small donations. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we could, we could have been up and running if people took it serious a year and a half ago. We Bucks would literally be up and running right now. And how, how long between the time when I can actually go and which should be now, because I'm planning to air this once it's up and running and people can actually use it. Yep. Do you have any projections as to how long it's going to, how long it could take to, to be sort of a, a, a I don't want to say a functioning economy, but to, to, before it's a viable, before there are enough adopters to where it's really, you know, viable. Yeah, when, do, when do I think it'll start to gain traction? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm really bad with dates because I'm always wrong. I'm, I'm always ahead of the curve. I always think that people are as passionate right, about right. things as I, I, I do the you're same right. thing. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say truthfully by September of next year is when I could see that. I mean, that's, that would be awesome. Um, that would be awesome, but it's going to be absolute hell until then. It, yeah. I really, I really see. Yeah. You know, I don't really think they're going to make people starve for too long. Oh, again, all they want to do is get us into crypto. Let me backtrack on that topic. Yeah, yeah. The government, in fact, let me put my notes. So we got the, so the, uh, so DARPA invented crypto. Now we talked about that last time. We did, yes. And you're going to, you have a link, you have some, some Proof. links that I can post about that. Yes. So uh, people are going to be shocked by that because it's kind of like the rock the rock stars who pretend to hate the system, they're mm-hmm. in the system. They literally live in Georgetown, which mm-hmm. is Virginia and Washington area. And all of their parents are in the military. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're literally lying to us and pretending to be counterculture. They're not. Mm-hmm. And crypto was billed and promoted as the same thing. It was this way to defeat the bankers. No, the bankers invented the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what I see happening is they've invented crypto, Bitcoin. You have all these layers on top of Bitcoin, which is ETH, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, even, even coins that are absolute jokes, which are worth billions of dollars, which is Dogecoin. Do you know about Doge, oh, Dogecoin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a total joke and people are buying it. 
So all of this money is going to get funneled into this because you got people like us who know the government is bad. We don't want to have anything to do with it. So we funnel all of our assets into it. And then they're going to cut it off. You already see it. If you go to news, and I'll put that down, news.bitcoin.com. If you go there every day, mm-hmm. it's story after story after story of people getting screwed out of their Bitcoin, screwed, it hacked, malware. Mm-hmm. This is all on purpose. And what's going to happen is as soon as there's enough pain, which the bankers are inflicting on us right now, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, oh, well, we have the white knight. We have the government, the mm-hmm. one world crypto. Yeah. So clear to me, that's what's going to happen. And if you and if you want to participate, you've got to get the Vax passport and whatever other conditions. I don't think, on, no, right? I don't no. think, no, no. You remember what happened because in that's 19- being done at the business level. Uh, um, no, because they want everyone to you, you remember what Klaus Schwab said, you, you will own nothing, be happy. Right, right. So they want everyone to take their assets from the 401k plan from their home mm-hmm. and they want to dump it into this thing, which is now completely controlled by the banks, the governments. Right. That's then that's when the social credit score kicks in. Mm-hmm. And if you're like you or me, where we're not politically correct, then they, they turn off your money. Right now, mm-hmm. people people think I've had so many arguments about this. Right now, the government can turn off your your Bitcoin right now, and the way they can do it is they can make it so the exchanges won't take your address. They'll block your exchange address, or your your wallet address, and that's just yeah. one way. There's many ways they can do it. There are back doors into everything. The government can literally steal your crypto, and I've had fights about that too with people who sell crypto. Oh, the, the government can't do that. I'm like, I'm a developer. I know you can take an image and put it into your software and that image has malware on it and no one would know. The government could put a camera or could put a key logger on your computer as a developer. You could develop the code to write a layer on top of Bitcoin and they could key log it and they can know exactly what it is and they can put they can inject a, a problem there there's so many ways to do it and as the user you would never see like even if you're a knowledgeable Mm-mm. Mm. see this whole that's another lie oh crypto is is safe and secure because it's open source software for those yeah. who don't know what that means that means that anyone could see the actual computer code it's open for anyone to see it's open for anyone to clone you can make your own crypto out of it that is the worst idea ever because again, I could submit a graphic to the depository on GitHub and it could be accepted. And everyone who knows everything about coding could be like, oh, it's a picture, it's a picture of a dog. You know, isn't that cute? And I can write malicious code within that picture, no one would ever know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I had never even thought about that. Um and so, so even so, one of the things we that I that we mentioned last time is one of the issues I see with crypto adoption is that people people like myself who are not um, I'm not a techie I'm not I'm not a programmer I wouldn't be able to look at that at the code and say oh yeah that's squeaky clean um, and, I, and I think you know I probably am speak for the vast majority of, of people. Um, I don't have a way of being certain other than listening to people like you who kind of know what you're talking about um, or who say, you know what you're talking about because that's yeah, I'm, I'm doing in. a good job pretending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but all, you know, at a certain point, if I don't have that expertise, 
I can't assure myself that this, and it really kind of goes for software generally. I mean, it goes for, or goes for anything where I need security generally, because I don't have the expertise to know whether that's act that whether that, you know, virus protection, let's say does what it's supposed to do. So all I have is, you know, how does, how do others say it's working? You know, what's its track record or what do people who know more than I do say about it? Right. Which means that I'm not going to put a whole lot of at my assets into a system where I don't really, I don't, I, I, it's hard for me to know how secure it is. And, and I don't see that problem going away unless it's just by kind of the, the same kind of the consensus that's created the world we're living in now, where it's like, oh, well, everybody else uses this and it's, and it seems safe or, you know, there haven't been any real problems, but there's a very dark side to that too. So um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Just, just well, to say uh, that that's- yeah, I- let me help you out with that. Uh, right, right now, this is a. This may seem to be completely unrelated, but it's I think on your point, it, which is censorship. See, right now, mm-hmm. you don't know about the problems of Bitcoin because it's highly censored. Right now, mm-hmm. did you know today, all flights leaving Florida have been canceled? No, I did not know. I, I heard about the flights, the problems that Southwest was having. Um, right. I didn't hear about anything specific to Florida. So what the, what, what the lying scumbag media tells us is that it's because of bad weather and because the air traffic controllers are having a hard time, you know, bringing in people, what, whatever excuse it is. No, the real truth is that the pilots, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, are doing a sick out right now because of the vaccine passport. That's what I heard about with Southwest. Yeah. Right. But the news doesn't tell you that. No. No, I- this is another reason we need to completely separate ourselves from this banker system of scarcity and censorship. Those are the two biggies for me. Scarcity. And we live in a world of scarcity. There's too many people on the planet lie. There's not enough food on the planet. Not true. The bankers tell the farmers to stop growing food. They get paid for mm-hmm. it. It goes on and on and on and on. And the censorship is rampant. The censorship really kicked off in the spring of 2016. And it's been nonstop since. Like if you ever notice on YouTube, I'm big into YouTube comments. That's when they really started to jack with the comments, 2016. Interesting. Yeah. So the reason why you don't know about these problems with Bitcoin is because it's being censored. Mm-hmm. Well, the same, same with a lot of information around COVID or vaccines, you know, hundred percent. because I look at it, I can see what's not getting out there. But you know, most people aren't most people aren't spending the time that I'm spending to yeah, look they're at too, what the they're too busy is. struggling with life. And I get that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And life should not be a struggle. Again, that's where scarcity comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm not a new ager. I don't like the word abundance. I like the word plenty because I don't like the word abundance. I think the world offers plenty. Yeah. I know there's free energy. You don't have to pay a dime for electric. I know there are wonderful inventions that have been squashed. Yeah. I, and that's what we're going to do. That's why I say it's manufacturing. That's what we're going to nice. do at XK Private Towns. It's nice. going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Just to veer off for a second, what about farming? Are, mm-hmm. I mean, that that seems like a big a big issue too. Big big into. That, yep. Will there be farming in the exclave? One hundred percent regenerative farming. Imagine that. Yeah. So like no chemicals, where the cow poops yeah. and then the chicken comes behind it, scratches out the larvae and and the yeah. whole deal. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, the, the food we eat is atrocious. It is absolutely atrocious. It tastes terrible. It's bad for us. Well, and us. I think what we're learning is is the extent to which all these critical parts of our lives are centrally controlled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't live in a in a in a, you know, strictly speaking, we're not in a communist society, but there are a lot of parallels. I mean, we when it comes down to it, and this is what we've seen over the last two years. There's very little we can do if the state doesn't want us to. There's very little, there are very little areas where we actually have the freedom to to do. I mean, you can't operate a business without having a license from the state and they can take it away for basically whatever the reason they want. And then the food supply, look at what's happening with with the food supply. I think a lot of people are are starting to recognize that as a problem. And it's just... Now it's a question of, well, what are the solutions? And there are some of us who've been actually, who, who saw that this is a problem, as you said, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, there, there are people who've been working on these solutions for a long time. So yeah, the, yourself, so. yeah, the problem with being ahead of, uh, you know, calling stuff ahead of time is people think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it's mm-hmm. too late when they know you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so what is, what is special about the design of Exclave or, or the way that it will be governed and operate, what's what's going to make it work? Well, I'm a big believer in rules, not rulers. No laws, basic rules. I mean, everyone knows that, you know, it, it's the whole sort of the Ten Commandments. Although I was asking my wife if she knew what the, the Ten Commandments were. Do you? I couldn't recite all of them. I, no. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I... <sighs> I, I could probably, I could probably get, I don't know, seven or eight, but mm. um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I probably could not, I probably could not recite all of them. No. But, but we, it, but we all know that, you know, you, you be big, you be a good person. Doug Casey is an interesting cat. Are you familiar with Doug? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, you know, the, you know, the golden rule and then, you know, and also willing to suffer the consequences of, of breaking that. Those are his two rules of living a, 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 mm-hmm. a governed life. That sounds pretty reasonable to me. I think you got to keep things pretty simple. Yeah. And I, that's I, like, whole... I like don't kill, don't hurt, don't steal. Yeah. And then, but then, then you get into the Jeff Berwick. Are you familiar with Jeff? The dollar. Yeah. Of the yeah, yeah. So he's big into being in a, an anarchist, meaning that even his dog doesn't have to be on a le- on a leash. And that sounds great and stuff until the dog attacks another person. And that happened to an older woman. You were telling me about that, yeah. Yeah, in my neighborhood. And it's like, you know, there's something wrong about that. That's a pretty clear tort. I mean, I think in any any reasonable justice system, you've got a claim against that person because – it's the dog's their property. Their property has harmed you. I mean, yeah. that, that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of like, you know, don't hurt people. Yeah. That's a big one for me. So the, the answer I gave you last time is honestly, um, I have a framework of what I can imagine is going to be the case, but um, that's a detail. I'm not a details guy. I'm a big vision guy. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until we have these up and running and we have votes on how we should handle this. I can't wait for it. And everyone needs to be willing to change. I mean, maybe in the first year that we're open, it's this way. And then maybe as time goes on, circumstances change, maybe smarter people come on board and and they say something that we never thought of. And then we make some changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm like totally against laws and and uh, lawyers, I know your dad was a lawyer, correct? He was a lawyer, but he was he stopped practicing many, many years ago. And he 
he actually went to law school, not so much to practice, but to, to teach. He wanted to, he wanted to learn about the law and then he ended up being a law professor. So he, and he taught constitutional law, contract law, you know, what I consider like real law, you know, as opposed to administrative law stuff. Um, now I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the Constitution. First three letters of the word Constitution is con. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard my dad. My one of my dad's famous quotes was the Constitution Mm-mm. is actually I knew nothing about you or your uh, dad. So okay. this is all new to me. Well, one of his one of his quotes, um, which we has been made up on T-shirts, um, is the Constitution is that document that prevents the government from doing all the terrible things it does. Right. But the thing, the problem with that is there's only people tend to cherry pick the good parts of the constitution. That's very true. Yeah. They don't cherry pick the bad parts like taxes. Right. Isn't that in the constitution? Yeah, it is now. Yeah. And the bill of rights has a lot of like, once you get past number nine or something like that, it has a lot of nefarious stuff to it. So, uh, you know, Everyone likes to say, oh, they're trampling the Constitution. Actually, they're not. They're very legalistic. The people who are ruling over us are very legalistic, and they know what they're doing. And they just transfer the federal what mandates and it's to the states. The reason why this is all happening right now is because everything's been passed to the states, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, I don't like but- law. I don't like common law. I don't like any of that kind of stuff. I think that's ridiculous. I, I think you should just have some rules. You have some common rules that everyone agrees to. And the cool thing about Exclave is like, if you don't like the rules, like there's the door. You don't have to stay here. It's not a cult. Yeah. We're not going to convince you to stay no matter what. And when it's you, not- when you say, when you say Exclave are, because it sounds like you're talking about multiple, multiple towns. Yep. Over a hundred towns in America. Yeah. Do you envision it being the same? Like when you talk about the rules, do you envision it being the same rules for all of those towns or each town is a self-governing no one's ever asked that question. Great question. I don't know the answer to that. I do it at my, as soon as you said it, I was thinking probably the same rules, but you know, there might be some issues with like, if you're, we're, although we're not going to, we're going to specifically build where grapes grow well. So that's, it's nice weather during the day and it's a little bit cool at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that gets into a whole, you need like a hundred year water supply in order to have a town. Well, if you, if you open in a desert, that's going to be kind of hard. Yeah. So then there might be some rules where California, exactly. So there might be some rules where you can't do stuff because of the climate. I I was just, that popped in my head as you were asking. Well, and it's interesting. I mean, you you said you don't like common law, but Mm -hmm. what I like about common law is, Mm -hmm. and what makes it different, very distinct from administrative law is it's a product of exactly the kind of evolution you're talking about where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, people started out at whatever point it's like, well, we don't know what, the rules should be, but let's start interacting and exchanging and see what's needed. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. Let me, let me back. I think I misspoke. I hate it when I hear people try to argue common law arguments when they're trying to fight the system, mm. they, they don't care about the, your, your rights. Your con- uh, If you look into what they say a right is, if you go to black's law and you yeah. look up the word, right, it means yeah. a, le- a legal promise. Well, promises were meant to be broken. Oh, I have a right to do this. Yeah, it's a promise. Mm-hmm. It was broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are monsters. These are these are monsters at the top that are <laughs> just they're just changing. They're just changing as they go. We can't use common law with their system. It's their system. Right, right. And that's I think because that's I think those of us who are who are um who are leaning towards common law 
um, see it as a way of getting out of their system because right. it's that I get. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to walk into one of their courts and say, you know, this is a violation of my fundamental right, or even, even really a constitutional argument, you, you know, you, because they don't, like, as you said, they don't care. They don't you care. Walk, they you walk the into a court. I live in Quarryville, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, which is literally butting up against the Amish. You walk into one of these courts and you're like, I'm not, what's your name? I'm not saying my name because it's in all capital letters and it's red and they will arrest you and put you in jail. Mm. Like not even a second later, that will happen. Mm. Every time I keep hearing how common law lawyers win these court cases, they're always in jail. Mm. I've never heard a successful case yet. Now, there are some things, uh, I don't think we talked about this last time. For example, the speed limit. Mm -hmm. The speed limit is guidance, just like these mandates are guidance. They're not laws. I got pulled over by sheriff two weeks ago, actually just before we had our talk last time. Oh, wow. And he um, he's like, do you, you know, the same, the same stupid questions. Do you know why I pulled you over? I mm -hmm. said, yes, I was really speeding fast. I purposely went fast because I wanted to test this out. And he goes, Okay, you know you're going 45 and a 50 and a 30. I said, I think I was going higher than that. <laughs> and and he, and then I go, but I said, but you do know I was driving safe. The road was dry. There was no one in front of me, and I was in total control of my car. Everything was fine, right? He goes, well, you can argue that with a judge if you'd like. I said, I have no problem doing that. And then he goes, license registration. So and I said, let me just tell you something. It says speed limit. It doesn't say minimum speed limit, and it doesn't say maximum speed limit. You cannot give me a ticket because there is no law. It has to say maximum or minimum speed limit. One moment, sir. I'll be right back with you. He gave me a warning mm. because there is no law. So that's the only time. I mean, you, you, most of the time you can't do that with these people. Well, I you wanted, have to know someone gave me someone gave me that tip at a bar actually, and I wanted to try it, and, and I got so and, and it I worked. worked. And it worked. And well, it worked. And that's that's what a lot of people are discovering with like with the mask mandates, for example. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. that's kind of a more you know kind of blatant example right now, but it's they're they're not law, and a right. lot of people know that, and the police know it, and so yes. all you have to do is push. And I've heard story after story of people who, who've had this experience where. All you have to do is let them know that you know it, and, exactly. and a lot of and a lot of police departments have flat out have said we're not enforcing this. It's not enforceable. It's not a law, et cetera. So, so there is even within their you know their administrative system, there is a recognition of you know the distinction between an actual law and something some dictator you know says we we need to abide by. So so. Um, there, there is a recognition of, I'll call it legitimate law, even though I don't think a lot of it is legitimate. Um, if you, but you have to know what you're talking about. You can't. Um, I, yeah, I've heard of a lot of people getting themselves into trouble by just, you know, especially March, you know, going into their courts and saying, yes. you know, you really have to know what you're doing. It, not only that, but you have to have gumption and and balls and and but, some time on your hands too, and some a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. But you're the perfect person, from what I've gathered, for this question that no one has been able to answer in my entire adult life that I've asked this question. Yeah, where is the contract that says I have to adhere to their laws? What contract? There's not one. There's not one. Right. There isn't one. 
there's then why then why are we doing it because we're afraid of going to jail if we don't right so they're thugs that's it they're criminals and thugs absolutely yeah 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 like i know when i when people recognize that i know when i sign the irs form each year that i'm agreeing to voluntary compliance well you're agreeing under duress though because you're you're agreeing because you know that they're going to come and seize your assets and throw you in jail if you don't. That's duress. That's not sure. a legitimate. Right. But at least that that's a contract. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no contract that says I must adhere to the, the Constitution of the United States. No, no, nope. nope. Mm-hmm. In fact, it wasn't even I mean, the way it was pushed through on on the states at that time, there was nothing legitimate about that either. So, yeah, yeah. no, there's not. So, so the punchline is everyone just had to say no. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's two two letters. So, but that, but let's get back to your the things people want. Yeah, which is not freedom and no. not you know not their rights. It's they want security. They want so as soon as you say just say no. As soon as you say, um, you know, exit this system that the fear sets in and it's like, well, now yep. we're not safe and, and go to what, what's the solution? So right. what's the solution? Yeah. For me, it's exclave private towns. I'm, I'm not going to live in this monkey world. This, this clown world, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy that, I mean, do you, without asking you if you're vaccinated, I'm not vaccinated and I don't wear a mask. Do you, do you believe vaccines, any vaccine, childhood vaccine, do you think any of them are good for you? No, I don't think any of them are good. I, and again, getting back to your point about, well, there are good things about everything and bad things about everything. Um, I, I start, so I started out looking into vaccines when we, had, well, actually I'd, I'd been interested in it for years, even before we had kids, but I started really looking closely when we had our son. And at that point, my position was, yes, there's, there's some value to them. They, they can help protect against certain illnesses. And there are, there are some cases in which I would give my child a vaccine or take a vaccine myself. The more I learn about them and the more I learn about the immune system, the more I'm moving towards the position. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say there's no value to them or they, they can't do any good, but the more I see, the more I think even the value that I thought I was seeing it, it, it's not, it's, it's, it's outweighed by the harm that they do. Yeah. And in, in general, that's a broad sweeping statement. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say they can never do any good, but you know, there, it, it, it comes, the, the whole vaccinology sort of as it is today comes from this paradigm of seeing infectious disease as, as this sole problem. And you look at that problem and exclude everything else. And you, ex- you exclude the, the benefits that our immune systems get from interacting with, with infections, infectious diseases naturally. And those, you know, this is documented. It's not, it's not, you know, something I'm just making up. Our systems become stronger. And we're seeing this now also with, with immunity to, to COVID-19 becomes stronger by interacting with, with natural pathogens. So, so yeah, the short answer is the more I learn about it, the more I think, yeah, they're not, um, I, I get the idea. I understand why they were developed. The world has changed also since, since the time they were first used, we've, we have better sanitation, better nutrition, better living standards, all the things that made so many of those diseases truly deadly at that time have changed. And they're just not, I mean, measles is a great example of that. It's not the deadly disease that it once was. It once did kill 
you know, thousands and thousands of people every year. Um, even long before the vaccine was developed, it wasn't doing that anymore. Yeah, I'll take it one step further from you. And I'm going to steal a line from my buddy, Tim at fakeologist.com. And I'll put a link to him. And he says, vaccines at best do nothing. And at worst will maim or kill you. Period. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So I'm living in a world, this clown world that tells me if I don't take their poisonous jab, Mm -hmm. I can't make money. I can't go travel. I can't go grocery shopping. I can't do anything. Why would I want to fight that? That's a no win situation. And I don't believe in the FEMA camps that, I mean, Alex Jones has been talking about FEMA camps for 20 plus years. Yeah, he has. (laughs) Yeah, he has. I still haven't seen one. I'm waiting to see. I'd like to, I heard they're pretty nice. Yeah, I saw them, but but those are quarantine camps, right? And they look pretty nice. Did you see that they actually did a a one on I did, but that makes them, that just, they're still, it's still wrong and it's still creepy. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, it's not quite. That's for people who are coming in from out of the country who knows what to believe? All I know is I've been hearing the scaremongering now yeah, for 20 plus for years. Time. Yeah. yeah. The, the punchline is this. I'm not waiting for the FEMA camps. I'm not going to live in this mm-hmm. world. I know we can live in a fantastic, amazing, thriving world. Yeah. And that's what I'm building. And if people want to join me, great. And if people don't want to join me, great. It's as simple as that. Yeah. There are a lot of people looking for this solution or looking for a solution like this right now. But they're not. they're not committed. They don't have the courage. There, there's fear. They haven't they're, been pushed far enough. Their, their back is not against the wall. Yeah, yeah, right. but it's getting there. It's getting so. Just a, a a question again, getting back to governance, because on your website you talk about um, ownership of the yep. of the towns. How does yep. that work? Like, how do you become a member of one of these towns, and what do you get from that? Right. So it's a simple formula. The amount of money that you spend and you deposit into your exclave box gives you a percentage of ownership. It's that's of, the, of, of that town. No, or of, 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 of all, all I, of it. There's no corporations. There's no law. There's no lawyers. There's no nothing. Um, my, I, my family wants to have nothing to do with exclave, although they're, they're moving towards that just like everyone else. But yeah. either way, I don't believe in inheritances. I think those are devastating for children. So I'm not passing this on to my family. Um, I always joke that I would leave Exclave to a duck, literally a duck. That's how I look. The right duck, though. The right duck, or maybe your cat. I'll give it to your cat. Thank you. She'll she'll appreciate that. But Um, jokes aside, I always dreamed of having. I I, I've always liked the profit sharing model. and it, that's basically what it is. Now, I don't know the details. I did put that on my website recently about sharing in the ownership. And the reason I did that is because if you imagine Disney World without the creepy, that's what Exclave is. That's the original Walt mm-hmm. Disney vision was Epcot. And yeah. uh, it's a combination of that. Also, a week after I launched last year, Exclave, uh, someone told me about Jacques Fresco of the Venus Project. Okay. Did we talk about that last yeah, time? Yeah, you mentioned him before, and I'll put a link up. I had not but, heard of this before. Yeah, I, I have. I, I know we talked about it because it's in my notes. So let me pull that up. And the problem with Jacques is he's a globalist. You know, he wants mm. the AI to run everything. Yeah. And that frightens yeah. me. You know, anyone who's seen Terminator, should. I, know. I just keep thinking, it's like, this is what's crazy to me is that 
these the the these ideas and the the reasons why we should be afraid of you know turning our whole lives into a, an AI run simulation have been out there. It's not oh, yeah. like we're not aware of the problems. Yeah. And yet here we are just, you know, marching right, right towards it. It's just, well, I'm, I'm assuming you're familiar with the concept of predictive programming. Yes. Yes. So that's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, we're, we're, we're making sense of it now because we've seen it before. Right. Right. By the right. way, one thing I, I want to say about Exclave that no one else really has, it, there's actually somewhere in the Dominican Republic is, is a country club like town, like what we're building. Most people who are doing this are doing like kumbaya with a tent and a porta potty. And that's repugnant to me. Yeah. If you look, if you get, if you go to Exclave, you know, escape the new normal.com and take the tour, you're going to see this is beautiful. I mean, this is yeah. like, we, it's not we yours. <laughs> It's not what? It's not yurts. What's yurts? Yurts, yurts, the, the, so the Mongolian style sort of tent, they're, they're kind of popular as, as glamping. It's, it's Is like, that a like nice the earth, tent. earth dome type of thing. It's not as big. It's more just like what you would have as a very, a really big sort of tent, but right. a little more solid and people do, you know, camping in them and things like no, that. No. So that, that's not what we're talking about. Here. No, not at all. This is very, I mean, it, people are turned off because it looks like a country club, although it's not, it's just, it's really cool stuff. It's inspired by my travels. I travel 50,000 miles a year in my car every year, mm. been doing so for a decade. And we go to Alexandria, old town, all the way up to Maine, to Florida, all along the East coast, we drive. And we, we were like, wow, that could really be a great thing at Exclave. Yeah. And we've put that all together. And it's, it's this amazing Longwood Garden Chanticleer. If you're on the East Coast, you all know what that is. I don't, um, but it sounds cool. It, it's like botanical garden type of thing. Nice, nice. With, yeah. with beautiful trails that go through the woods and, you know, back to nature, but with with a modern twist to it. Yeah. So, no, I am not into glamping and camping and porta-potties. That's not my uh, – that's <laughs> – not living to So here's, as you talk about this, here's what strikes me is, you know, we're living, I don't know if the U S is the wealthiest nation on earth in terms of per capita income anymore, or certainly one of the wealthiest nations in the history of humankind. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, as, as, as individual humans living on earth today, we have more wealth at our disposal than ever before in all of history. Mm -hmm. And yet we're living like this. It's crazy. It's crazy to, to think that there, that there are people, you know, and again, you know, in the developed world, struggling to get by, our buildings are ugly. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're shut off from nature. You know, if you look back to how people lived in the 19th century, and I'm not talking about how they lived with, you know, disease and things that we've obviously made improvements with, but aesthetically, you know, life, you know, 50, hundred years ago was so much better than, I mean, we've got these massive concrete, ugly, ugly buildings. And it's just, it's like, why there's so much that doesn't make sense. We, it's not that we don't have the wealth to make this better. Mm -hmm. It's that it's just gone to crap. And Are you familiar with brutalism. Yeah. The, the architectural style Yes, yeah. only through Jeffrey Tucker's writings about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, and, and I don't, yeah, it, it's. I feel like that's kind of what we're living in. Well, I mean, the the freedom. Uh, what was it called? The twin towers in New York. That was brutalist design. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. okay. 
So that, that you know, the people, the bankers who in, in the clubs and the Freemasons and all the people who run our lives, they're they're into this symbology kind of stuff where they mm-hmm. th- there's that whole now I'm really going down the rabbit hole, the Tartaria, <laughs> the mud floods, uh, which I, I think there's something to that. I mean, like 300 years ago, north of the Chinese wall was this amazing area of amazement of everything amazing. And they then they destroyed it. Why they destroy it. We could have a whole nother discussion about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put that down in notes for a future conversation. Tar- yeah. Tartaria. Huh. Uh, yeah. So, and like the, all the world's fairs, if you look at all, there's a guy in California who does yeah. a YouTube video about that. The destruction of the world's fairs. They build these amazing granite Hollywood sets basically. And then they, yeah. they destroy them. Why do they do that? You know, why, why is it that everything's scarcity? Is it about the money? Is it about the power? There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, yeah. So, so big question for you. It it seems that these these people we're talking about, they really do want control. They want they want sure. power over all of us. So, how do you protect yourself? How does Exclave protect itself when they decide that it's not enough to have you know everybody vaccinated except these people living in these little pockets? How do you protect yourself from some of the most powerful governments on and and their cronies on the planet? So should, can we talk about what we talked to your first question to yeah, me before yeah. we hit the record button? Sure. Yeah. Do you, what, what, do you remember what you asked me? Yeah. So, um, well, because you had mentioned before um, self-defense and, and defense of these enclaves and non-lethal weapons. and Right. right which is uh, acoustical weapons. So they use these to, for crowd control. Currently, the military uses this. It was invented by a guy named Woody something or other. Um, and what he did, um, there's a TED Talk, and I'll, I'll post the TED Talk. Let's see. Woody, TED Talk. Now, this gets into deep conspiracy stuff. So I've always wondered, how is it that people who were vehemently against taking the vaccine the next day flipped and are now taking the vaccine? And I think the only logical thing behind that um, although some people are like, well, it's about the money they need to feed their family. And there's yeah. certainly probably truth to that. Yeah. But these people were vehemently against that. There is, if you, I live in the comments on YouTube and Reddit and Godlike Productions, and there are far too many people who are saying that they are hearing not voices, but thoughts that are trying to convince them to do something they're vehemently, vehemently against. And there's a guy again named Woody something or other. He did a TED talk and he invented a device. That you know how a speaker works. It's like paper. Did we talk about this last time? You kind of refer refer to it how it's um, the sound is bouncing off the whatever surface and right. being sent out. So what what Woody did is instead of having sound bounce off of a, you know a woofer and a tweeter, which is a piece of paper within an enclosed box, he invented something that creates the sound outside your eardrum, and it's targeted directly to you. Mm-hmm. And the advertising, I'm in the advertising industry. So in the advertising industry, that's been like a wet dream for, you know, you could target individual shoppers with different messages. Yeah. And, and they don't know that they're, they don't recognize it as advertising. Not only that, but they think that everyone's hearing the advertisement. They don't mm. realize that they're hearing a different advertisement. Mm. So the same person who invented that invented this acoustical defense mechanism that the military uses for crowd control. Mm-hmm. And you can get them on eBay for like $11,000. And that's one of the first purchases we're making at each location is this uh, acoustical weapon. So just to be clear, it's it's 
because I think, you know, we all or many of us have heard about these weapons being used for crowd control and mm -hmm. they sound horrible and all this stuff, but it's not illegal for these are not like controlled. Um, it's not like it's like only owning a nuke or something. It's not illegal for just an ordinary citizen to own one of these. Um, I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't care. I'm defending myself. Um, if they make guns illegal tomorrow, you're not going to have a gun. I mean, um, yeah, but but it's just that it's being that you can get it on eBay tells me, I mean, eBay's not going to they're not going to be selling stuff that is going to get them in trouble. There's so. always going to be a black market for everything. I am yeah. not in the least concerned and I'll hook you up. If you would like one, I'll get you one too. But I am not <laughs> in the least, I'm not in the least concerned about getting one. Yeah. By the way, I'm all for bribes. That really, that, uh, you know, this, this interview is probably going to tick off a lot of people. I am totally all That's for, okay. That's okay. I'm all for bribes because, you know, in Mexico, it's just like, Hey, I want a fake quaxine passport. Okay, do you have a thousand dollars? Yes, here right it is. Person. Boom, done. Yeah. There's no, you know, it's not like a building inspector. It's like, hey, you know, should I slide you some money? No, building inspector's like, give me five hundred dollars and I'll approve your building. Okay, here you go. Yeah, yeah. And that to, to me, that's so. I, I, um, a long, long time ago, I um, interviewed the former head of the FBI in, um, in Asia, and, mm -hmm. um. And one of the things he said to me was that in his experience, so, so, you know, countries like the Philippines, the countries where, that you think of as being very, very corrupt, Indonesia, the Philippines, stuff like that. His view was the most corrupt countries on earth are the U.S. United and Japan. United States, yeah. sure. Because it's not, it's, it's because it's at such a high level. When it's at the low level where you mm -hmm. can, where you can pay off the, the mm -hmm. guy at the border check or, you know, that's, they don't really, they, they don't have their game under control there there it's it's a smaller game they're not they're not playing at the same level yeah. as the places where you can't do that or where it's and by the way you, harder. yeah it segues perfectly into the the most popular question i get is what gives you the right to do this mm. what's going to stop yeah. the government from from coming in and, and doing a waco on you first of all yeah. if you look into waco and we talked about this on the last call right it was a complete psychological operation it did not happen the way we were told it makes no sense why they would do that it's to scare you from creating your own what we're doing here right but, but, but even if, even if that's even if that's the case mm -hmm. it's still a threat they they mm -hmm. you, you still maybe should be scared that they'll do that right um, no, I'm not scared of anything, but I mean, you certainly take precautions, no doubt about it. So the, one of the first things we're doing now, a lot of people talk about the sheriffs again. Did we talk about yeah, that last we time? We did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The most, imp the, the most, the absolutely beyond sheriff, most powerful person in any community is the game warden. Did we talk about that? I think you mentioned it, but I still don't quite understand why that is. So I don't think because they don't, the game warden doesn't need. Um, a warrant to break into your home. Really? Yeah. Why look is into that? that. I don't know, but look into that. <laughs> huh. So we've looked into this and, you know, one of the first things one of my uh, original investors said is we need to be to get in with the sheriffs and get, because it, when the FBI goes to do a raid, yeah. they typically go through the sheriff's first, blah, blah, blah. I'm right. not so sure that's true, but they should. Well, yeah. Uh, allegedly that's the story. Yeah. And they're sticking with it. Again, I'm not afraid of anything. Um, uh, no one is going, trust me. No, I live, my backyard butts against an Amish farm. I live in the largest Amish community, probably in the world. 
they have not been messed with for 300 years here. The only why time. Why is that? Why? Um, there's, they, they taught me there are 10 things that you need to have. And it's in my FAQs. If you look at them, a hundred year water supply, bundle of rights, there's, there's a bunch of things that you need to have. Um, and in fact, the Amish are so powerful that they have a law, uh, an IRS law that says they're tax exempt. And is that, so is that because they are a religious, because, they, no. because they're religious, so it, ha- it doesn't have to do with religious exemption or anything no. like that? They govern themselves and they have nothing to do with the government. That's really what it comes down to. If you cut all ties off, they have no internet, although that's not true. There's, we talked to, I remember talking about this. Yeah, they, We're told that, that they have they no do. electric. They, yeah, that's they not do. true. They do. Interesting. They just use a different way. They have their own off the grid electric. It's called diesel generators. They drive around on electric scooters all day long. I'm very jealous. It's really cool. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to see. They even have cell phones that are, have been tweaked so that they're basic cell phones mm-hmm. and they won't go on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. They take credit card. Imagine that. Wow. So the only thing they get in trouble with the government with is they're greedy. They um, Some of the raw milk, which I call real milk, yeah. of course, raw is a weaponized word to make it sound disgusting. Yeah. It's real milk. So if you sell real, apparently in some states, if you go across state lines to sell your milk, that's right. a problem. Right. And that's the yeah. only time that they get messed with. In fact, they all know, you know, I'm the crazy guy who's willing to beat up the government officials, and I will. Um, they, they, I'm on speed dial on two of the farmers. They, they call, they've nice. called me twice. Nice. Yeah. And, and how did that work out? Well, they left before I came. So and nothing happened. They and just this was split. over raw milk issues or real milk no, issues or is that, it something else? No, no, I'm sorry. Both were over raw. Yes, both were over the the state to state raw real milk transportation. So, so you're saying with anything else? I, I still don't. I this is probably not for this conversation, but I just I think there's a lot we can learn from the Amish. I think there's a lot we can learn about how they've set themselves up so that they're not messed with. The thing is they love our money, mm-hmm. but but they hate us. Mm-hmm. And it's like pulling teeth to befriend them. I've tried for 20 years now. Yeah. So I've only yeah. been able to do it with a couple of them. They're very secretive. They call us the English, which is a derogatory term mm-hmm. for us white people. Yeah. But yeah. So they're very secretive, but I know the secret. The secret is they govern themselves. They have no, They do nothing with the government. No grants. The only time they had a grant mm-hmm. was the Amish shooting. Do you remember the Amish shooting? No, I don't. Yeah, oh, they was shot. This a... No, I actually, I don't think so. Yeah, they. that was another hoax. You can believe it or not. I know it was a hoax because it was in the newspaper before it happened. Huh. And just like the JFK shooting, by the way, was, did you know about the whole Christchurch thing? No, I don't. Yeah, so it was in the newspaper in Christchurch, New Zealand or Australia. Before it actually happened? Yeah. They got the time the time difference wrong. By the way, that's a marketing technique. You always want to have trauma happen very compressed. On 9-11, Osama bin Laden was fingered as the person who did 9-11 just 45 minutes after the second plane hit. So that's what you do. You compress the, the, the PSYOP together because that's how people remember it and they stay engaged in it. Well, sometimes that backfires. Yeah. Yeah. So there was an Amish shooting and they got grant money. They got $300,000 to build a new school. So that that development in the Amish 
which was in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania, which is about five miles away from me. Uh, clearly, they they broke their gut, their self governance, and they took federal money. That's how you know if if someone breaks, they take the yeah, money. yeah. That's what you need to do. You you cannot do anything with the government. One of the things that's going to be the hardest thing that we do, but it's very important, is we're we're building our own intranet or internet 2.0, whatever you want to call it. So mm-hmm. uh, we're already seeing it with the Facebook thing. That was that was another hoax, by the way. Which, 24, which, which Facebook thing? Oh, the, that all the internet went down a couple of days ago, oh, including yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah. for six yeah. hours. That yeah. was on, on, on Reddit. They were talking, someone went on there and said, we're 15 minutes away from this happening. And 15 minutes later, it happened. Yeah. See, this, this is part of the plan to change the way we live and think. That's what all these hoaxes are doing. It's very, same thing with all school shootings. The way we live and think has already been changed. Oh, sure. It's always changing. We're so far into it. And you're saying that it's, they, they want to push even further. Yeah. But I, I want to get back to one thing that I don't know if we talked about, but it was on your I think on your, your I think your microphone's cutting out a little bit or something. Oh, um, oh, you know what? <laughs> it's the cat. It's the cat. She's sitting right in front of it. So I was gonna... She really wants attention this time. Yeah, I don't know, what's, I don't know what today is. Um, yeah. So on, one of the things that's really interesting to me about your vision is that it's really, you talk about getting back to small town life and you talk yeah. about getting away from the whole idea of cocooning and being back out in the world again. And, and I've, so I'm in, I live in the Los Angeles area where it's, Mm -hmm. it's LA has, is probably one of the worst examples of the cocooning lifestyle anyway, because it's so car driven and it's so everyone's in their car all the time, Mm -hmm. but I've lived in other cities. I've lived in other places and I know this isn't normal. You know, I know this is not a sane way to live, Mm -hmm. but I get, I, I suspect that a lot of people, you know, if you've grown up in, America the way it is now have no concept of what it's like to live in a place where you can walk to your local grocer and you see the same people out in the street every day and you're in you're around other people and you're out in and nature's part of it and you know to me that's the way we could be living that's the way we should be living oh yeah and we're so far away from that even before all the covid stuff um so if, I would love you for just maybe say a few words about about your vision in that regard well, you reminded me, if you asked 100 people in the city or in Los Angeles, where does milk come from? They wouldn't be able to tell you it comes from a cow. I guarantee you that. I it's guarantee scary. I'm you afraid that. to ask. I'm afraid to ask. Right. But I'm sorry. I forget what your question was. For what, what are my well, thoughts about the, living with nature? You, and stuff? Yeah. How do you, and yeah, sort of the difference between how we live now um, and what you envision as far as, as far as the, the community space, the, the, what the towns will look like, how they're integrated with nature and just how, how people live day to day. That's different from. See, that gets it. That gets all the way back to the Tartaria, which is apparently like 250, 300 years ago, by the way, most empires only last 250 years. So we have four more years left. 1776 plus 250. Most currencies only last 35 years. We're well beyond expiration on that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, in Tartaria times, if you can believe what is told, I mean, it, we, they were more modern, way more modern than we have right now. People, they literally flew in airships. Everyone like traveled around in these, you know, helium blimp type of things. And, you know, 
this idea that the toilet is modern technology is a joke. Back then, they had way better technology. And again, no one knows why it was it was destroyed. So, but, it, but there's hard evidence for that it existed at all. I mean, how? Oh how yeah. Do you know? okay. Yeah. Again, look into Tartaria. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I want to look into Tartaria, but it's, it's it's so weaponized that it's that it's BS that so many people are trying to get me off of it from looking into it. And you can't go down every single rabbit hole either. I mean, right? There's not enough time. Yeah, you know, trying to yeah. trying to build trying to build an alternative universe. Here, right. So. That's that's yeah. That's the more important thing. So about um, you know about you know mixing. Are you are you are you asking about the idea of mixing nature and modern? Well, and sort of you're right. What you I think you talk about um, a return to small town life. So what yeah. what does that mean? Um, you know, right? You know, living how far away from the city of Los Angeles do you live? So we're in Burbank, which is, okay. I mean, there's. So it's a Burbank, suburb of LA. Yeah, but it's not, it's not really a suburb in the way that other places have suburbs. It's Los Angeles is its own weird. It's just this sort of conglomerate of, of, I don't even know. They're not, they're not cities. They're not suburbs. It, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a town. It, it, it is a little bit small town in some ways, but it's still very dominated by cars. It's not like a, super walkable mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. um it's it's one of the nicer areas mm-hmm. in the it, you know it's not like being in downtown la or um you know in some of the newer more but this it's it's i mean it's sort of the center of the entertainment industry but sure. a lot of the houses were built here like in the 30s um yeah. so yeah it's it's kind of like a suburb but like a suburb slash town i guess yeah you know you know, I think back to, you know, it's more blue collar. It's more making things instead of the service economy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm better at explaining things that are not than what are, for example, yeah, okay. and we talked, we talked about this last time, for example, Uber, this is from Allison McDowell, perfect analogy or metaphor. Uber is not a transportation company. It's a geofencing company. How so? Because if your social credit score is poor, and because no one's going to own anything in the future, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to go anywhere. Right. If you live in a small town, you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. in a gated town like ours, in a private town like ours, where you're treated with respect. And we don't have social credit scores and vaccine passports and vaccine mandates and mass. Never. Because it's a lie. We're not going to live in a lie. Simple. I don't know how else mm-hmm. to explain it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm more of a blue collar kind of guy. Um, I, I like to use my hands to make things. I like to use my mind to dream things. And, you know, this city living is absolutely disgusting to me. It's concrete jungle. Um, it's completely entertainment, culture creation galore. And that's what's gotten us in this. I mean, right yeah. now there are, it, it's stunning to me. I, in my travels, including today, now I'm all for people going to the park and enjoying themselves, but they don't realize what's going to happen in five days with this vaccine passport. Like people should be freaking out right now that society is going to end starting in five days, that you're going to lose your job and not be able to go to the playground and not be able to go into an Uber mm-hmm. and not go to the movie or not all the things that you took for granted before you're not going to be able to do it. That's crazy to me that people aren't, but they're, they're seriously entertained right now. They're worried about going to a concert. 
So we're recording this on October 10th. Yep. It probably is not going to go up until after the 15th. So this will be, this will, that'll be interesting to see where we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. October 15th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the entertainment culture. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to go too far off in, in this, on this. Plus you only tangent. have about 10 minutes left, right? Yes, about close to 15 minutes. But I just wanted to make the point or sort of of highlight that point, because I think this is is a distinction. We talked before about sort of society being divided, and I think it's obvious at this point. It's being divided into, you know, those who are happy to go along with all this crap and those of us who are not. Mm -hmm. And I think entertainment culture is a big part of that, right? Or I think maybe passive culture is a better way of, mm. of putting it. And, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been our education system and so much of, of the things available for people to do are geared towards encouraging passivity. Yeah. And I feel like what we're up to in, cause you're not just talking about, you're not just talking about creating the, in, the physical infrastructure for a town. We're talking about sort of rebuilding civilization. Yeah. And when you talk about working with your hands and working with your mind, these are all things that are not, that are in some ways actively discouraged by our system. And so to me, part of the vision is not just of Exclave, but like the vision of this new civilization or or rebuilding of the old civilization is rebuilding those things, Um, having a world where people are individual creators and mm-hmm. get to use their hands and use their minds because that's not what they want. <laughs> that's not what they want yeah. us to be doing. And it's becoming so obvious now. If, if you look into the work of Alison McDowell, she has revealed that the rich people, the bankers who rule over us are going to create this game, this gamification of life mm-hmm. where you being poor and austere and struggling is how they make their money. And it's not going to make any sense to anyone except for them. Mm-hmm. That is what we're going to. We ha- I always talk about Frank and Bob. I'll tell you a quick story. Frank and Bob were the cl- uh, were the typical white wife stayed at home to be the mom with two tr- 2.3 children, white picket mm-hmm. fence, dog, husband worked, et cetera. I always said, I know what the plan is. How is Bob and Frank going to deal with this when they don't have a job and they have use it and lose it credits each week to spend? That's the future that is coming very fast. I mean, again, it could be at most a year from now. Frank and Bob. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, what's what's scary about that scenario to me is remember when um, when the lockdowns first started and there were all these mad rushes to Trader Joe's and all the grocery stores and everything. And I kept hearing from people that, you know, they would see these people with carts piled high with junk food and alcohol. And it's like, wait a second, I, I can, I can wrap my head around you not being prepared for a crisis. You know, we live in California, so everybody has earthquake kits and, you know, we've got, or at least, you know, they should, um, I can, I can wrap my head around not being prepared. What I can't wrap my head around is when the crisis hits and you're not going for the stuff that you're going to need over the next month or so, but you're going for the stuff that, you know, first of all, the stuff that's going to hurt your health and the stuff that you want to consume right this minute, that there's so much of that scares me. I, I'd feel much more comfortable living around Mormons 
you know, mm. than, than the people who think that in a crisis, the thing you do is you go and you buy a bunch of Jack Daniels and Twinkies. Yeah, I think that's, I think it goes beyond that. I mean, first of all, it, they could be buying that because they don't have, a, they don't have money. I mean, the economy was terrible going into 2019. Yeah. The same thing happens, by the way, six months before 9-11. My business was thriving. I was in the postcard advertising business. I would take retailers' postcards and I'd mail them for them. And then six months before 9-11, my business out of nowhere fell apart. And my customers told me that their businesses fell apart. Wow. And the same thing happened in 2019. In June of 2019, my business went off a cliff. That's how I knew something was really wrong. Huh. And sure enough, six months later, seven months later, we have this. So it could be that you know people are buying the junk food, maybe not the Jack Daniels, but the junk food because they can't afford real food. Um, also, people are very short-term thinkers. You know, the people who rule over us, they think in hundred-year plans. Right. Most people can't even plan a vacation ahead of time. Right. I guess that's what I'm getting at is that. And and when you look at like the savings rate in the U.S. as compared to lots of Asian countries, for example, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, and but it's hard. It's hard to blame people because, and this is where ex, exclave bucks comes in. Right, once exclave bucks is up and running, and you can you can swap it out for crypto, cash, whatever. There's going to be a conversion, and that conversion is going to be based on the 1909 dollar back in 1909. Yes. Yeah. 99 cents bought you a dollar's worth of goods in the United States. That's the only time that the dollar was truly worth a dollar. Today, as I speak right now, I just checked, it's still hovering at 30 point, you need $30.5 for the same dollar. Now, have wages gone up 30.5 times? No, but everything else has. So this idea that you know we don't have any savings, yeah, it's because we don't have any parenting because the parents are separated from children. That's communism. That's what education does. But yeah. it's it's literally, I mean, our parents and our grandparents had it much easier to save money than we do. They seem to have a lot more time on their hands too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's people are scrambling and struggling just to get by, just to, you know, do their job and take care of their family. And, and, just seem, I mean, I don't want to idealize, I, I wasn't there in the, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. I don't want to idealize it, but it does seem that people have, time is, time seems so much more scarce in our lives now. Yeah, because we've been trained to to be super busy doing nothing, especially with that phone. Yeah. People are like, I don't have yeah. the time to do anything. And I'm like, okay, I can fix that if you're willing to let me fix that. How's that? Turn off your phone. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you'll have hours of time that you never realized you had. But yeah. people can't do that. They're too, they're too into it. Yeah. I want to end on because we do have to go in a few minutes. Um on um exclave bucks. Sure. So I'm hoping to get I'm hoping that we'll get this interview out at the same time that it goes online. Um, mm-hmm. If not, it might be a little bit before we can talk about that. But what do people, if someone's interested in participating in this, um, just to be clear, you don't, you don't have to be a member of an exclave town in order to use the bucks, correct? That's right. Anyone can use the bucks and th- there'll be a very low price for membership. And once you're a private member, then you get the benefits of private both privacy and private member, which means 
At Exclave Towns, we didn't talk about this. There's a zero, there's zero tax. There's never a tax. So if you convert your cash into Exclave bucks, it's a non-taxable event. We do not recognize the government's tax system. But if you use Exclave bucks without becoming a private member, then you're subject to whatever they say. It's like crypto. They, they'll tell you, which is really another sham. They'll tell you money going into crypto and money coming out of crypto are two taxable events. But if you go in the stock market and you have a loss, neither are a taxable event. Hmm. They're really tarring and feathering this crypto thing, which they invented, mm-hmm. which is right. so fun. Right. So yeah, so anyone can get, so the cool part is that you can layer Exclave Bucks on your own private community. So if you want to start your own Kumbaya, tent, mm-hmm. porta potty, et cetera, you can private label, literally put your logo and it'll automatically show up. So let's say that, you, for, for example, you have your education. I don't know if you still have that. I listened to something a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. You have that? Yep, yep. We're, we're starting classes on October 25th. So, okay. yeah. So you could literally put your logo of your, your the name of your classes or whatever the name of your company is. And instead mm-hmm. of the Bucks logo showing up, it goes away and then your logo shows up. So now it looks like it's your money. It's your ecosystem. Okay. It's your economy. And you can just jump right on that. There's no charge. Again, if it's peer-to-peer, person-to-person, there's never a fee. So people can pay you in bucks. So someone can, so let's say that you charge a hundred dollars a class. Mm-hmm. Someone can go to a pizza place, which is, uh, which has, which has permission from us to accept cash. They accept your cash. Now you have a hundred dollars, a hundred bucks in your account. And now they can pray, they can pay. What's the name of your, your, comp, your school? Free Ogun, Free Ogun Fellowship. Okay. So then you would just, you would just literally have a poster um, on, in your, on your desk that would have a, a QR code and they'd mm-hmm. walk in and they'd make the payment and they'd and boom, and there's no fee. And then you can use that money to buy supplies. You can use that money mm-hmm. to buy a pizza party. Anyone who accepts Exclave Bucks. And as a business, if someone wants to accept Exclave Bucks, what do they need to do? They just have to sign up. They just okay. username, password, play the 60 second game. And then they're, they're going to be asked, I think it's four security questions so that if they lose their password, they can put in the security questions Mm -hmm. and they can recover their password. One of the most dangerous things that people never, ever, ever ask for your password via email as like, oh, I lost Mm -hmm. my password. Mm -hmm. That is a huge security risk. Yeah. And even worse is 2FA where they will text you. Right. Because someone could do a it can do a SIM swap. Someone can call your phone company, pretend to be you, and then get access to your bank account. Oh, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. With us, we don't do any of that. It's like crypto. You need, to know your, you need to know your username. You need to know your password. You need to know your four security questions, which relate to the things in your life. Like, what's your favorite color? Like, you're not yeah. going to forget that. Yeah. And when you have all that, then you don't have to worry about recovery. It's all done within the app. And you said uh, if it's peer-to-peer, person-to-person, there's no fee. Yep. When is there a fee? So if you exchange. So if you want to trade your Exclave Bucks for cash, et cetera, okay. then okay. it's whatever the market bears. So if your neighbor has Exclave Bucks and they want to use cash to convert it into bucks and you'll take the cash, you can do that. And you guys come up with what that fee is. It's okay. pure. It's pure. It's it's free market. You're going to love I know because of your dad. It's yeah. pure free market. It doesn't get any more free market than this. 
And just to be clear, so let's let's say I have my Friogan Fellowship bucks. I'm calling them that. Yep. Um, my exchanges are not limited to people within the Friogan Fellowship right. circle. It's you can come to X, using bucks. You can come to Exclave Paris and use your bucks there. Nice. You can go nice. to the Coryville Sam's Pizza and use your bucks there. Nice. Which is, and we need to do that because again, they're crashing the dollar on purpose. They're really being serious about that. We've been told from Doug Casey, Doug Casey's been wrong about a lot of stuff. He's made a lot of predictions a long time ago. The dollar is going to crash any day I now. Mean, he's been, he's also been, he's been saying that for, I, I don't remember, I don't know if he put like a time frame on it way back then, but I do know, I mean, I've been reading him since I was in high school. So yeah, um, yeah he has been saying that forever. Yeah. And, so, and he's the, right. And he's right. I mean, it's, it's, it has to crash at some point, but putting a, a date on it is the tough part. Right. But, but from what I'm seeing, and I know you're up against the clock right now, from, from yes. what I'm seeing, from what I'm seeing, I mean, now, if you look at the M1 money supply, and I'll put it, I'll put that in the notes too. Yeah. It's off the charts. The, the, the amount of dollars in circulation right now is 18 times more than it was two years ago. You cannot sustain that. No, no, no. And on that note. Um, it was great talking to you. Great talking to you. I'm sure we'll do this again. And I'll be in touch about when uh, when it's going to go, when this will go live. When it will go up, not live, but when this will go up. Excellent. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks so much.